You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Welcome back once again. It's been a little over a week since our last show. Obviously, in the offseason, a little more of a gap in between some of these shows is uh, with less news and uh, a bit of a busy week here we've had. In the last week, of course, it's myself, Colin. Today on the show, I'm going to be joined by Karl Safchek of DynastyLeagueFootball.com. He is a senior writer over there. It's going to be a lot of fantasy talk on this week's podcast. And I know a lot of people out there are interested in, you know, redraft leagues. Obviously, that is your kind of standard format that we all talk about. But a lot of people now getting into Dynasty drafts as well, getting into Dynasty leagues. We set up one here last year with Overtime Ireland. So lots of interesting stuff to talk to him about with that there. Um, obviously... I mentioned the gap since the last show could be like that in and out for the the next few weeks, but we're trying to line up some uh, guests and uh, I've had a very busy week. I'm actually just in the door from work, taking back the curtain a little bit, got in the door from work, uh, straight into the kitchen, cut up some uh, onions and stuff, going to make some fajitas later on and uh, had to cut that up doing this here podcast now. Going to be talking in just a moment with Carl as well and uh, trying to get all that done before. I go and uh, cook the dinner. So lots of stuff going on here, obviously, uh, in overtime Ireland land. And uh, with obviously, I've talked in the last few shows about playing American football over here in Ireland as well, with trainings, with everything else going on in the schedule. It, uh, it really, really does fill up quickly. So glad to be getting to talk a little bit of football right now. And hopefully, uh, you're going to enjoy this show. So I'm guessing without uh, any further ado, the, I guess the thing to do is just uh, let's get Carl on the show. Let's talk some football. Let's talk fantasy football. And uh, hopefully, you'll all enjoy this one. Hi, this is former NFL offensive lineman Ross Tucker, the host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and you are listening to the Overtime Ireland Podcast. Delighted to be joined in the show now by Carl Safchek of com. He's one of the senior writers over there. He's also the host of their DFL podcast as well, and uh, we're going to talk a lot of fantasy today. It's uh, We haven't talked any so far since the uh, season ended, so I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, one of my favorite things about the NFL is uh, talking fantasy, so... We're going to really get into it and uh, move things along here, Carl. Uh, thanks for taking the time to join us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. There's a, a lot of questions come in, obviously, uh, from listeners, uh, followers on Twitter for you know, both Dynasty and Redraft, but you're part of the Dynasty League football crew, so some people maybe listen to the show, maybe just novices at Fantasy Football. Some people over here in uh, Ireland the UK might be just a little bit newer to the game, uh, both the NFL and, of course, the Fantasy version, but Fantasy Football has really exploded with the growth of the game over here as well, and I'm sure you've noticed over the last few years being involved in covering Fantasy Football, how how it has grown as well. Um, Dynasty, give uh, the listeners a little quick rundown of uh, the difference in Dynasty and, of course, Redraft. Sure. So, yeah, and it has been expanding exponentially. Basically, the difference between Dynasty and Redraft, Redraft is probably what most people are used to. Yeah. You, you get together with your buddies once a year, usually in August, and you all draft a team and you have a winner at the end of the year, you have a champion, and then the next year you do the same thing. The difference in Dynasty is you keep that team from year to year. So if you win a championship, you don't have to give all those players away. What you do is you just have a rookie draft each year. You draft rookies, you, you, you drop your veterans who either retire or didn't perform well, and you draft a whole new crop of rookies. And you're, you are, I don't want to say this in a negative light, but you're stuck with that team for a long time. Um, and people like, to, people like that format, and it's, and it's growing exponentially along with fantasy football. And 
a lot of times I liken it to a marriage rather than just like a first date or, or a or a relationship, you know, that that you get rid of at the end of the year. You you have to you have to stick with it. But I'm not married myself, so uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't uh, but yeah, no, it, it's it's a really fun format, and and you play yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. We actually set up last year. It was the first year. It was just after, shortly after we had Eric uh, Dickens, who works uh, with you at the site as well. We had him on last year, and it was him that first talked to me about what a dynasty league was. As I, I was playing regular fantasy football for a long time, and just thought then it was something we set one up with Overtime Ireland, set up our own league. It's a, a 12-team dynasty league, and there was a lot of guys that were interested in it, a lot of guys that have played before, so we went into it, and we just recently, uh, two weeks ago, had our rookie draft, so it was interesting. This was the first year of the rookie draft, but as you mentioned there, cutting some players who retire. Uh, I, I had no players that uh, actually retired, but I had some that didn't do any good last year, so they had to be uh, abandoned for the, the newer rookie class. The the thing that I found so interesting in it is, you know, a lot of times, you know, if you get towards the end of the season in a regular league, you'll see some of the guys maybe who have a, a poor record down at the bottom who have no chance of making the playoffs kind of stop setting up their lineups. They just they just pack it in at that stage. And when you're playing in the, the dynasty version of it, there might be a team that's looking to go... Um, deep into the playoffs and although after a certain stage you can't trade say just before that trade deadline you might be able to get yourself some draft picks for the next year's draft your team's not going well you start thinking towards the future and that's the thing you mentioned there you're kind of married to the team there's teams in it that you know you don't want to be unfortunately i'm going to say this for oakland raiders fans out there you don't want to be like the raiders or the jaguars if you have a team that's maybe like the patriots or the seahawks you know you're it's all good it's all good for you so uh, that is the most interesting part and it's trying to balance it up as to make your decision Am I going to go with this guy? The, the one I'm going to ask you now is that I don't have trade this year in our in our league. I have uh, Cam Newton as the starting quarterback going into this season. And Drew Brees is getting a little bit older. I had Brees as well. He he was my starting quarterback last year. And I thought maybe cash in on Drew Brees at this stage. And Drew, uh, you know, it's gonna be, it could be a strange season for them down there in New Orleans this year. Maybe change away a little bit with losing Jimmy Graham and that. But I think uh, I traded him for Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's, you know, shown a lot of promise last year. And I do think he's, you know, got the potential to really really grow and I obviously have Cam Newton as a kind of a safety pin there as well a safety valve so Teddy for Breeze is that a trade you would have done or uh, who would you think would have come out on top in that one? No I absolutely would have done that I have Teddy Bridgewater ranked as my 7th best QB in Dynasty or 7th most valuable QB in Dynasty and I gotta go down to Drew Breeze which I have ranked as my Oh, eighth. <laughs> uh, no, it's, so, it's at that kind of they're close. They're close, but I think then when you take the uh, the extra years that you're probably going to get out of Teddy Bridgewater, I think uh, I, that there was my this this thing that swung my decision. Yeah, absolutely. So if you if you're if you're a championship caliber team, I can see the argument for wanting Drew Brees, but Teddy Bridgewater, I think, is is an amazing quarterback and probably will be for a long time. I've I advocated for him to be the first overall pick last year in, in the in the NFL draft, and he fell to late and really yeah, right, late in the yeah. first, which was which was crazy. I I thought that the Texans should have picked him rather than Jadavion Clowney. So I think he has superstardom in his future. I I really like that pick for you, and and, and you touched on a bigger subject to deal with dynasty is. You don't just pick the best veterans anymore like you would in, in redraft. You have to take into consideration longevity and, and how long that player will play. Yeah, and you mentioned obviously dropping the draft last year, mainly down to his pro day. If you had took that pro day out of uh, NFL history, I think you probably would have seen him up there in the top five picks anyway. Last year's draft, there was a lot of teams in that that could have really done with a quarterback and out to play as well as he did. 
when you're when you're looking around, obviously you mentioned they're building for the future, that they're kind of balance. I went the opposite way. I thought I had quite a strong situation at the the quarterback position, so I went a little bit then and took a few chances on older running backs. I already had Frank Gore. I think you know his situation this year. You might get a good year out of him this year, and there's no real point in trying to trade him. I didn't think for what I could get, but the one player out again was Marshawn Lynch, and everyone obviously says that you know at some stage it's going to catch up with them but when you mentioned there it's like you're trying to win a championship this year or build for five or six years and it's trying to get that balance right and I thought the way my running backs looked I took in a good few rookies in the draft this year so I, I thought that you know try and go with a veteran would, would a player like Marshawn Lynch interest you or do you think you know too much tread on the tires at this point in time well the thing is with running backs I tend to treat the position a little differently than I do the others because they have such a short shelf life anyway so whether a player comes in as a rookie he still may only play for a few years I mean we saw Trent Richardson Doug Martin these guys were darlings of the dynasty community for for a a couple years until we started to realize well they're just not very good or you know injuries whatever it may be in in Richardson's case probably just not very good in Doug Martin's (laughs) case uh, he you know has suffered injuries and yeah. plays behind a bad offensive line. So with running back, I tend to lean a little bit more towards the veterans because you know what you're going to get. They if you only get two years out of Marshawn Lynch, that's fine because you may only get two years out of Melvin Gordon anyway. You may only get two years out of Todd Gurley. I mean, we saw this. I, I mean, I I wouldn't project that. I would project them to to play longer than two years, but there there tends to be. A lot of people in Dynasty that go too youth-heavy as opposed to go ahead and getting the sure thing in the case of like a Marshawn Lynch. So, yeah. I, no, I, I think that, that he is a good target. You mentioned as well about the you know the, the longevity of some of these players. Well, the thing I was – you know, I, I did kind of stock up a little bit this year. It's six draft picks throughout the draft and, you know, kind of to try and fill up the running back position because my kind of goal was to pick maybe three wide receivers, pick three running backs, and hopefully that you hit – on one of those out of the like hit on one running back one wide receiver get two good picks out of those six because if you look at the stats of over years and years the amount of first round picks that actually develop into be a top top nfl player and as you go down through the rounds the chances become less and less so a lot of people put a lot of stock in their fantasy into who they can get at the rookie position but realistically you're only going to click on maybe two or three of them and if you can get two or three of them every year that's how you build the championship roster but you're not going to pick six or seven of them up at a time yeah, absolutely. You're they are they're they're lottery tickets, and the further you get into your rookie draft, the worse your chances become. There's actually a pretty high hit rate with fir- with like first overall picks and and the and the top end guys. But yeah, you just you, you just it, I don't want to call it throwing darts at the at the wall. It's not that. I mean, you, there is a science to it, but it, yeah, you don't know what you're getting with rookies. So some people find it more safe to go ahead and go with the veterans. But a lot of people like the excitement of going with the young guys and the and the upside that they provide down the road. Yeah, and you mentioned the likes of Trent Richardson. I remember this time last year, the kind of the darling running back of everybody who was just after getting drafted by the Titans and Bishop Sankey, and we didn't see a lot of him last year. And you mentioned as well there a minute ago about Doug Martin behind the offensive line down in uh, Tampa Bay. Cattle McCabeson in a question. He was kind of talking about the O line and how teams can you know make their O line better with different position players and then the value that that there affects to a running back so we see certain players behind good lines with a lot of talk going on now at the minute about the Dallas Cowboys was DeMarco Murray that good last year was it that the line was that good was it a combination of both and there's a lot of questions 
around offensive lines and running backs, particularly when you're trying to project a team four or five years down the line in Dynasty. And when you look at the Cowboys, do you think that, well, the question came in and you did reply to this one, do you think somebody like Darren McFadden can just be plugged in there and, you know, go for a thousand yards this year? Or do you think they really need to, you know, just kind of strike it lucky or maybe even get somebody late in free agency to come through there and to try and replace him? Because it's something that I don't think just any running back can go and do. What do you think? Well, to start with DeMarco Murray and the offensive line, uh, that was probably the best offensive line in the league last year, no question. But it, it, it still tends to be overstated because DeMarco Murray is and has been a very good running back. It wasn't just last year that he was good when that line fully came together and Bill Callahan came to town. He's been good his whole career. He's had a, a few injuries here and there, but he's been a very good running back his whole career. And I think he's going to continue to be successful in Philadelphia, who also, though, has a very good offensive line. So I, I don't want to give too much credit to the offensive line, even though they are amazing. Um, and then to answer your question about Darren McFadden, no, I don't <laughs> I don't think he can be good. He's just not a good running back. A lot of people tend to overplay the narrative that he played for the Raiders, but the Raiders had other good running backs during his time span. I mean, uh, Latavius Murray played well there. Marcel Reese played well there. Uh, at least far better than Darren McFadden so I mean people people will remember what a player was when they were in college and McFadden was a very good player in college and he had one good year in the pros but people change I mean whether it's football or life people change and running backs in particular lose their skill lose their ability to play people want to say anybody can run behind that offensive line it's simply not true it's 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 trying to oversimplify a very complicated thing um, one, I, I would agree that probably the best running back in that backfield isn't on the roster yet. But dealing with what we do know, I would put Joseph Randall far and away in the lead uh, of those running backs with uh, a combination of Ryan Williams and Lance Dunbar kind of being really bad lottery tickets. And then Darren McFadden, I would just not even touch in any type of fantasy redraft dynasty at all. Again, he's just not a good running back. It's 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 proven. I, I mean, you, you could look at any metric you want to look at, and it's and it will show you that Darren McFadden is not good at football. Yeah, I think this could be the last stop for Darren McFadden on his career, and you know uh, whether he makes the roster at the end of it or not. It is it's very muddled down there at the minute. And if they didn't have as good of offensive line as they did have last season, I don't think anyone would be talking remotely about any other running backs. And that you mentioned, Dar, or, uh, Demarco Murray, he's gone to Philadelphia crowded backfield there a little bit too I expect him to be the lead back and you know with Chip Kelly getting more uh, wide open uh, fields I think he's going to get some running room there but the other man that was involved in that situation down in Philadelphia was LaShawn McCoy how do you expect him to get on in Buffalo this year do you you know last year people were talking about at the start of the year they kind of Oh, he was uh, kind of moving over and back too much behind that offensive line rather than making it in two gaps. And he's going up to Buffalo. He's going to be expected to, to carry the load, I expect, up there, whether they go with A.J. Manuel or who starts that quarterback for them. Uh, could be a big year for him with carries, but do you think it's going to be productive? Uh, you know, he's going to be probably a top 10, like a fringe top 10 guy, but I don't I don't like the fit there. Greg Roman doesn't throw much to his back, his his running backs out of the backfield, which was always a key part of LeSean McCoy's game. Mm-hmm. McCoy isn't necessarily a goal line back, 
It's just it, it, the offense probably isn't going to be very good anyway. That they don't know who their starting quarterback's going to be. Whoever it is, it's not going to be anyone good. They do have two pretty good wide receivers. I really like Sammy Watkins and Percy Harvin's better than what most people think. Yeah. Um, so I just don't know if there's going to be a lot of points to be scored there for LaShawn McCoy to be successful. So I would be staying away from him personally. And, it, and it's not to say that he isn't a very good running back. It's that he went from maybe the best situation in football or one of the best to one of the worst as a running back. Yeah, I think like the point you're kind of making there is I think uh, the, the offense down in Philadelphia are going to put up a hell of a lot more points this season at the end of it than the offense in Buffalo. And with the amount of points put on the board gives more opportunities to players that are going to be getting the ball. I think on offense, I think there's a lot of good pieces there for Buffalo, but I think, as you mentioned, the quarterback situation at the minute anyway does not look very good for them. Denver is uh, the next stop on the offensive line tour, and they've had a, a big setback with Ryan Clady tearing uh, his ACL, and he's going to miss the, the rest of the season. He did miss the season two years ago, which ended up with the Broncos making it to the Super Bowl, although Broncos fans might want to remove the image of that Super Bowl from their from their memory against the Seahawks. Yeah. But do you think Clady going down is a big blow for them? Do you think uh, they'll be able to manage without him? And a player who's been talked a lot about is uh, Monty Ball has been a, a high round or a high draft pick in the first round, particularly off redraft leagues. Do you do you still see uh, Monty Ball having a big year? Or what's your opinion, first of all, on him? Well, no, I I mean C.J. Anderson is, is or C.J. Anderson, sorry. No, that's okay. I was I was wondering if that's what you meant because yeah. Monty Ball just hasn't been effective. But he's he's really cheap, so you might want to at least keep an eye on him really late in your draft. Mm. But C.J. Anderson, yeah, he, look, any any running back under Peyton Manning is going to be effective. And Anderson was very good last year. Uh, and you mentioned it. Clady going down hurts, but they were successful without him two years ago. Mm. And if, if one quarterback in the NFL really doesn't need a great offensive line, it's probably Peyton Manning because he can just get rid of the ball in a split second anyway. So, yeah, it hurts, but it doesn't hurt too much. I would, in redraft leagues, I would be looking at C.J. Anderson probably mid to early second round, and in dynasty leagues, probably third to fourth round. And and the only reason I would devalue him in dynasty leagues is running backs in general are just devalued in dynasty leagues because of the, the longevity concerns, obviously. Yeah, and as well, you mentioned Peyton Manning. Obviously, he can change the protection at the line of scrimmage, which also gives him the opportunity to maybe direct a play away from that area if they think the blitz is coming on the left side. It'll, you know, depending on who is who's going to be playing there, protecting his blind side, it could change things around. We'll move on, try and get back to some other players. And a player who's making a lot of news this offseason, obviously didn't play too much last season with his off-the-field situations, Adrian Peterson. He's coming back. He's obviously haggling for a little bit more guaranteed money after this season I think from the Vikings the Vikings are saying that he just they just want him to honor the contract do you think that uh, Adrian Peterson is just going to come back in and play to the level he did two or three years ago obviously when he did play two years ago he had quite a number of injuries after the big big year he had when he went over 2,000 yards what is your outlook this season for Adrian Peterson well, he's. I mean, he still is probably one of the best running backs in the league. But age is catching up with him. I, I don't miss know. A year too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what what missing a year is going to mean. I mean, does it does that mean his legs are fresh, yeah. or does it mean that he he might have lost older. a step? Yeah. yeah, you just you just don't know how, really how to value it until you see it. I mean, when he when he had that ACL tear, what three or four years ago, yeah. he came back and had a career year the next year. So we it, it's tough with him. Uh, in dynasty, there's just so many red flags, so I tend to stay away 
from Adrian Peterson. You just don't know if if he's going to play effective, if he does, how long it's going to be, if he's going to hold out, if he's going to ask for a trade, if he does get a trade, which it sounds like he's not. You know, is the situation going to be good that he's going into? But I really like I really like Jarek McKinnon, the the rookie that was there last year. I would. Uh, you know, I would really try to spend some on him in Dynasty, especially now when he's being looked at as a pure backup. Yeah. Uh, but specifically with Peterson, that's just there's just so many red flags, and I tend to be more of a safer drafter. I know that kind of sounds boring, but yeah. I, I just I just don't want as much volatility as I'm going to get with an Adrian Peterson. Yeah, when you look at Peterson as well, the one question you know I've been trying to figure out where he should be going as well. And when when you look at him, if it was any other player. Uh, outside of Adrian Peterson who you know can do some absolutely phenomenal things on the field there would be no talk of him being uh, a possible first round pick in fantasy football this year other than he is Adrian Peterson yeah <laughs> I mean you hit the nail on the head <laughs> because anyone that goes misses a year and then comes back if he was coming off an injury the question marks would be there and if uh, anyone that's missing time obviously they're away from the team and he missed all that rookie season with Teddy Bridgewater as well, so the, you know the chemistry and so on like that. The next player up who's moved this offseason is Jimmy Graham. He's off to Seattle. What do you expect for both him uh, and Russell Wilson, the, the dynamic that's going to take place there? Do you think it helps him that he might get some uh, more wide-open fields, or he's definitely not going to get the amount of targets that he got with the, the Saints? Well, okay, so... Well, let me plug one of my one of my pieces is uh, I, every year I take off of my day job for free agency to to write for right. DLF for for the free agent moves and um, I was I did a lot of research on Demarco Murray did a lot of research on Julius Thomas thinking that uh, and Randall Cobb as well thinking that one of those three were going to be the big free agent move <laughs> of the day so I I head to the gym and I get back right when free agency starts I think it's 4 p.m. Eastern time, and I'm just ready to write about one of those three, and I get a text message from my editor, in the, and it says, Jimmy Graham, are you on this? And I hadn't watched any news <laughs> up to that point, purpose, purposefully, too. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I said, okay, let me at least find out what happened. So, yeah, he got traded to Seattle, and I wrote a one of my favorite pieces ever was just the instant analysis on the Jimmy Graham trade. Right. And um, I did a lot of research on him while I'm, while I'm writing the article, and I ended up getting it out like an hour or two after it happened. But what I found was I think that he's actually in a better situation in Seattle than he would have been in New Orleans. Now, that's not to say it's, it's a better situation now than it was a year uh, years ago. Yeah. But it's better now than it would have been in New Orleans. And why I say that is because New Orleans clearly wants to start transitioning to the run game. And they want to, they want to, they want Drew Brees to throw the ball less. He's not as efficient as he used to be. So they want to transition to the run game. They're they're They brought in CJ Spiller. They re-signed Mark Ingram. They traded for Max Unger, a run blocking center. They, they, they want to run the ball and Drew Brees is getting older. So, what I deduced from that is, yes, his numbers probably won't be as good as they were, but you should probably be more optimistic about Jimmy Graham now than you should have been had he stayed in New Orleans. I think Russell Wilson's an amazing quarterback, yeah. and his attempts are going up each year. Yeah. He's going to be throwing the ball more, especially if they, they pay him as one of the top quarterbacks in the league, which there are reports that, that, they, that they probably will. So once they do that, they're going to have to spend money 
in the passing game, which they're already transitioning to. So I, I, I'm, I, I tend to be pretty optimistic about Jimmy Graham in Seattle. Yeah, it's a very interesting the way you put it there with the change. Away. I mentioned I, I traded away Drew Brees and I took in Marshawn Lynch. So, and you mentioned as well, um, you know, Marshawn Lynch, as I mentioned, is getting older. So eventually it's going to be all on Russell Wilson, really. And, you know, he hasn't had a target the quality of Jimmy Graham before. So it's going to be interesting that way, too, to see how much they do go to him. And I'm sure he's going to be, again, a key threat in the red zone. So it's going to be interesting to see how Seattle's offense lines up this year how it all goes I'm looking forward to seeing that you mentioned a couple of players that you do like this year you mentioned a couple you don't like I'm just going to see is there any other players that you're particularly high on uh as a rookie I really really like Philip Dorsett he is electric he's very very fast but he's not like this burner who's not in control of his feet what I keep seeing when I watch him on film is, is he's very in control of himself well he I don't you don't see that with many speed guys that are just very nimble as well. I, there, there's one play, and I, I can't remember what game it was, but there's one play I keep referencing where he was just flying down the field and the ball was placed at a spot in the end zone where he had to make a toe-tapping grab at full speed. So he was running at full speed and then toe-tapped. It was amazing. Um, Devontae Parker, the wide receiver down in, in Miami, I really like him as well. I, I really like that whole Miami offense. I've talked a lot about it on my show recently. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, I think, is set up to succeed there uh, very, very soon. And uh, uh, I, I think Devontae Parker has a good shot at being the best wide receiver in this class. When you mention them as well, are you looking at them more from a, a dynasty perspective or from a redraft? Do you think, you know, the other question I was going to have for you in a little minute was picking rookies and redraft leagues. Do you think that you mentioned earlier you like to go for safe bets? Do you think that in a redraft league rookies are good to target or do you think just leave them to you know maybe pick them up off the waiver wire yeah so I, so i was definitely more alluding to them in dynasty but in redraft too those those guys in particular i mean Late you just need picks. to pick your spots mm-hmm. yeah you, you 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 obviously with the rookies it, it's it's tougher in redraft because they do take time to get acclimated to the nfl but at the right spot you know, I, I mean, even Devontae Parker, I'd probably look at him in, in like the eighth, eighth, eighth to tenth round. I don't, I don't know what his ADP is right now, but and Philip Dorsett even a little later. I did a, I did a mock draft for the uh, USA Today Sports Fantasy Magazine, and I got Philip Dorsett. I think in like the eighteenth round or something like that, which I think is a huge steal. Do you think as well with uh, you know Dorsett when he's going into and he obviously has a great quarterback situation. T.Y. Hilton's probably going to be opposite him. Do you think that maybe he'll lack in some targets this year? Yeah, well, that's the thing. It was even in Miami, the University of Miami, where Philip Dorsett played, he didn't get a whole lot of targets. He's kind of like a Deshaun Jackson. Right. He's not going to catch a ton of balls. He's just going to do a lot, do a lot with them. Yeah. yeah, I think he had like a 36. I know this sounds crazy, but I think he had like a 36-yard average per catch last year. <laughs> it was something It was something crazy high, or, tw- or 28 or something like that in Miami. So he's going to be catching a lot of deep balls from Andrew Luck, but like like you mentioned, he's not going to get a lot of tar- targets. And uh, when you're looking at you know rookies, a lot of people are talking about last year's class. You had Mike Evans, you had Odell Beckham Jr., even guys the likes of Kelvin Benjamin, who I had for a while. He had a lot of issues with drops and that, but there was some. He had some big games last year, points particularly towards the start of the season. They're kind of setting the mold now that people think that all all these rookies are going to come in. All of them are going to do a fantastic job in year one as rookies and. 
Odell Beckham Jr., do you think at the minute where his kind of ADP is what people are thinking of him, do you think it's slightly overrated at this point, or do you believe the hype? Oh, I believe the hype. He, uh, I think he's he's probably already the best wide receiver in the league. Uh, the, what that what that kid can do is just amazing. And I think in in redraft leagues, I mean, it's it's going to be tough to to take him any higher than where he's already going. It's, he's already going in the first round. And uh, in, in dynasty leagues, he's being looked at as maybe the, the best overall player, and, and I have him ranked as such. He would be my most valuable dynasty dynasty asset. And uh, obviously last year was their first year in a new offense. Eli Manning, the start of the season, took them a little bit of time to get going. He did really get going, though. Suppose if you take the time when Odell Beckham wasn't in the team, it took him that time to get going anyway. He has now a player off the caliber of Odell Beckham. He has... Uh, Victor Cruz coming back it's going to be interesting to see how he comes in his return obviously they signed uh, Shane Vereen as well so there's there's some nice pieces there now in, in New York what do you expect uh, of Eli Manning there's a you know there's a possibility this year that he could be up there in those kind of top 10 top 8 quarterbacks come the end of uh, the fantasy football season that's certainly possible and he's not even being drafted that yeah. highly so he's a yeah, player that I, I was kind of looking at absolutely he, he's a value for sure and and not to get too much off subject, but late round quarterback is the the way to go. I mean, you don't want don't if anybody takes anything away from this this uh, radio show today, <laughs> do not draft quarterbacks early. You are not you are not maximizing your chance to win in fantasy if you take early quarterbacks. Wait for a guy like Ryan Tannehill or Eli Manning. I mean, the, these guys can win you championships not because of who they are, but who you can pick early instead of an early quarterback. Yeah, because last year I know I'm going to ask you what what is your strategy? Uh, you know, maybe it changes from year to year, obviously. But last year I tried the no running back in uh, one of our money leagues, and I went the first two rounds with the wide receiver. The only reason it really did backfire on me, it started off great, but then um, my set or my first pick was Calvin Johnson, and when he went down for all those weeks, it really took away my first round pick, negated the team quite a bit, missed the playoffs. So. I ended up a little bit weaker at running back, um, obviously, with not taking him to start. What way do you think is the, the best strategy? Well, I, I, don't want, I don't mean to sit on the fence here, but I, I, don't think any strate- <laughs> I don't think any strategy you should pigeonhole yourself into mm-hmm. one strategy. I think you should pick, pick the best player available. Sometimes that's going to be running back. Sometimes that's going to be wide receiver. Now, you don't want to completely neglect the running back position early, but you want to pick the best players. I know that sounds it's not exactly what you were asking for, but I tend to wait for quarterbacks and tight ends. Unless I'm going to get Rob Gronkowski in the first or Jimmy Graham in the third, uh, I'm, I'm not going to take tight end. And I'm probably not going to touch quarterbacks because, like you said, Eli Manning could have a big year this year. Ryan Tannehill could have a big year this year, and they're so cheap. It's, it's not how many points they're going to score. It's how many points they're going to score relative to what you invested yeah. in them. So I just it's it, the only one strategy that is really bad is going early quarterbacks. It's just it doesn't make sense. Yeah, and when you go through the list, you know I mentioned Eli Manning last year. You had Philip Rivers, uh, Matt Ryan. I took in a couple of leagues last year. Tony Romo later on. You're going to get guys that are going to put up points as well. So I think the the difference. Some people will argue that taking the likes of Andrew Luck early, taking. Aaron Rodgers early, but it's I just I would rather invest in those other positions, and of course, hopefully this year, uh, so my first round picks don't uh, go down the drain as well with injury. But um, moving along now to we probably should have mentioned it more at the start, but DynastyLeagueFootball.com, 
when we were doing that redraft league, I heavily, uh, heavily was on that site. I probably, <laughs> if you could check up the stats, probably used the site the most uh, in the whole world over those kind of three or four <laughs> days of that draft. But uh, fantastic stuff with all the writers up there giving you your ranks, both for dynasty. Then you can go position by position. You can go by redraft position by position. Get the you know a kind of cheat sheet for top one hundreds and everything. Do you want to plug some of the stuff you guys have got going on there, and of course as well uh, the podcast that you do. Yeah, well, there's just a ton of content over at DLF. I mean, it, it, I would be leaving people out if I even tried to start naming all the articles yeah. that are up right now. But we have a ton of great writers. We do a lot of work with, with ADP, which if people don't – I've referenced ADP a few times. That stands for Average Draft Position. Our, our One of our senior writers, Ryan McDowell, he runs six mock drafts every month and then compiles all the data and then gives you an average of how – highly or low these players are being drafted um so that's a very very big tool that we like to use along with our rankings and uh yeah check out the podcast we we do one every week we have a good time um we like to give a lot of information but we try to make you laugh a little bit too that's the thing as well with fantasy football. Everyone's kind of trying to find every advantage they can. And with guys like you, with your site, you can listen to that podcast, you can check up the information on the site, and maybe just get a little bit of information that might help you in your draft, help you throughout the season, maybe win yourself a fantasy championship. And that's always the, the very interesting thing about it. But you mentioned um, the stuff up on the site. It's, the amount of stuff up there is absolutely incredible. The amount of stuff from different writers and you get all the different perspectives so it's a, a very very good place to go and kind of invest some of your time and you can also sign up for a, a premium pass maybe invest some time some of your money do you want to give a little bit more information on that as well yeah absolutely we really appreciate all of our premium subscribers and it is i believe 29.99 a, a, a year but we actually have a very good deal which if you sign up for FanDuel and i think pay uh, te- uh do a $10 deposit you get a free year of DLF premium. So it's actually very beneficial yeah, for good. everybody to just go ahead and sign up for FanDuel for 10 bucks rather than pay the 30. But either way, we we love to have you. Um, we, we appreciate all, all of our subscribers. I mean, we, we do work very, very hard. And um, so and, and we don't make a lot of money doing it. So we, we do appreciate anybody that that helps support us for sure. And I mentioned people trying to get different information here. I find I go around a lot of sites trying to gather up as much information as I can on everything from just weekly podcasts we do to then into the fantasy sector with your site and many, many other sites. But I find I always find myself coming back to the DynastyLeagueFootball.com website because it just it's it's really impossible to to beat. And uh, well, that's my opinion. <laughs> anyway, but I uh, definitely urge you all to go and check it out. You can check Carl out on uh, Twitter as well. It's at Carl Safchek. That's S A F C H I C K. S A F Check, really. Is that there? The easiest way to tell people to get it. Uh, I don't know if that's how you like people to say it, but it's uh, it's been yeah. an absolute pleasure, uh, Carl, talking to you on the show. And hopefully, before you know, kind of draft season again, we might get you, you back on. We've had Eric on before, and hopefully, get some of the other guys on as well. It's It's always great talking fantasy. Absolutely, thank you for having me. Yeah, and I'd love to come on again anytime you'd want. And um, yeah, we could talk. We could talk redraft. We could talk dynasty. Whatever. Um, uh, I'm good. Good with all that. Hi, I'm Delaney Walker, tight end for the Tennessee Titans, and you listen to Overtime Ireland. That was Carl Safchek. Thanks to him for coming on the show. As I mentioned, give him a follow on Twitter. It's at Carl Safchek. All the links that we tweet out as well have probably have his name tagged into it as well. So give him a follow. Check out the stuff they do there at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Really, really awesome site. 
I really can't recommend it highly enough and uh, it's served me well over the last couple of years for fantasy football. You obviously put your own thoughts into it as well, what you think of certain players. You mightn't agree with all of their rankings, but they give you a little bit of a guide to, to help see uh, wh- where uh, where some of the players stack up against each other in the NFL, especially for fantasy football purposes in both Dynasty and Redraft format, so do check them out. Um, you know, there's not a lot of stuff there has been bits and pieces in news things like tom brady's suspension appeal is going to happen on the 23rd of june that's uh, three weeks from now there's gonna be a lot of talk in between i think it's gonna be taken down to a two-game suspension we'll see what happens not much more to talk about other than that we all know about deflategate we're all probably sick and tired of talking about it dj is probably still quite annoyed about it but uh <laughs> we'll leave him off this week's podcast till he till he comes around calms down but uh garoppolo and Tom Brady have been splitting reps at the the OTAs and uh, I suppose that's only right because if Brady misses those four games, if it is two games, whatever the situation may be, he's definitely going to miss week one I'd imagine and Garoppolo is going to need to have some reps under his belt with the first teamers, he's going to have to get ready for action so that there makes a lot of sense there. I mentioned earlier Ryan Clady tore his ACL, I mentioned that with Carl and uh, that rules him out for the rest of the season injured himself a few years ago he's had quite a number of injuries uh, in recent years and of course many of them on that left leg so the ACL tear is going to rule him out for the rest of the season happened in those organized team activities uh, non-contact injury he didn't really realize he had actually injured it until they took him off uh, just took him off as a precaution looked at it in the trainer's room had a precautionary scan and it turned out to be a torn ACL so very very bad blow there for the Broncos uh, they gave him a big contract a few years ago and uh, he's had a couple of injuries since so We'll see. We'll see uh, how their offensive line is rejigged, moved around, and who's going to be protecting Peyton Manning's blind side in the upcoming season. But something just to, to keep an eye on. I mentioned as well the Adrian Peterson contract situation. Peterson went in a bit of a rant there during the week. I don't think he helped himself at all. Uh, you know, the team. Everyone knows the way the contracts are structured. If it's a five-year deal, well, usually the first three are going to be pretty much guaranteed. Then the rest of the years are probably not going to have a lot of guarantees in them given the option of the team to to cut the player restructure the contract move them on whatever the situation may be well later in peterson's guaranteed quite a chunk of change for this upcoming season but the situation is then the following year and the year following that there's not very much if any guaranteed money in that contract so i think that's really what he's looking for is for some of that their money in the back end of the contract to be guaranteed but no need for the vikings to do it and i expect uh, that the situation will end up with peterson having to take the money this year if he plays like he can if he plays to a significant level i'm sure that he'll be back the following year but there's also the chance that he does get cut we've seen this situation i think it's a similar situation to what we've seen with andre johnson last season a lot of talk about him possibly getting traded didn't get traded didn't go to the team activities then he came in for the season played the year and then obviously the thing he was afraid of happening the year before he got cut from the team but he's ended up with the Colts so probably ended up in a better position than he would be if he was with the Texans this year but we'll see we'll see what happens uh, with him as well as the season goes on out of that there's trickling down bits in news but nothing all that exciting the main stories as I mentioned there are Tom Brady's situation and the, the situation with Adrian Peterson seems to be a 24-hour news cycle at the moment but uh, we'll be back with another show maybe early next week uh, depends on how the schedule goes we have guys scheduled to come on like Jeff Reinbold and so on be talking all things football with them and a few different uh, past players current players hopefully getting them on as well to talk about playing in the National Football League but 
We'll have more information of, as always on the Twitter feed. Check it out. It's at Overtime Ireland. Hopefully you're already following us. If maybe you come in with a, a link through Carl uh, to listen to the show, follow us at Overtime Ireland. And uh, you can check out the website as well, OvertimeIreland.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, whatever you listen to podcasts on. Of course, you can give us a rating or a comment on that as well. All, all does help us. Thanks a lot for listening, as always. And... Uh, I guess uh, it's time for me to go make the make this dinner, uh, make these fajitas and get some food into me. Uh, I can feel my stomach rumbling right now. So until the next show, I'm going to leave it at that. And of course, as always, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.